Welcome to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. So today we're going to talk about boundaries, what they are, why they're so important in your relationship with your pup, and some strategies for implementing boundaries with your doggo. Let's do it. Welcome to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. And today we're chatting all things boundaries. So we're going to dive into what boundaries are, why we would use them, how to use them with our pups to improve our relationships, and all types of other things. So let's go. Let's do it. Let's, let's. So first things first, what are boundaries? Justine. Was that a question for me? I love talking about boundaries. So in essence, boundaries say what is okay and what is not okay. Um, So we use boundaries in all of our relationships. Think about family members, spouses and partners, friendships, at work, you name it, you're always, always setting boundaries. Boundaries really allow us to tell the world what we're okay with and what we're not okay with. Um, And for many, boundary setting might come relatively easy. It's actually the sticking with the boundaries and upholding that accountability piece that can often be the most challenging. Um, And this is really the most important part when we apply this to our dogs. Hence, why do you, why is that particularly important, do you think, with dogs? Well, dogs don't remember things, first of all. (laughs) I'm sorry. I love them, but they don't. Yeah. Um, So if you were to say, hey, Marshall, you can come up on the couch today, but tomorrow you can't. And then the morning you can, but the afternoon you can't. Like dogs can't piece that together. They have no no idea. So uh, sticking with boundaries will help your dog be more successful. Yeah. And it's that consistency piece, right? So making sure that we're clear and consistent in boundaries, which I mean is fantastic to implement with humans as well, but in particular with dogs, because they're not able to understand why we might not have been consistent with our boundaries. So it makes it even more important for us to keep up with that consistency um, to really help our dogs learn relatively quickly what is okay and what is not okay. Um, And when we're inconsistent, we really blur the lines and ultimately we can leave our dogs pretty confused. And And, and another piece as well is that you can take a few steps forward and then quite a few steps backwards just by mucking up that consistency. Just again, going down to the fact that your dog just doesn't, can't remember what is good and what is bad if there's no consistency. Yeah. I mean, even as a human, 
these things can get very confusing. If somebody says, this is okay, this is okay, this is okay, this is okay. And then the next time they're like, nah, that's not okay. You're like, what? Yeah. Why isn't it okay? <laughs> You've yeah. been telling me for X amount of time that it's okay. So yeah, that clear and consistent piece is really important. But again, consistency is hard. It really is. Boundaries are so hard to stick with and enforce and, 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 you know, keep on top of them. So if you, if you lose sight of those things, it's okay. You can pick them back up and, and keep trudging along. Yeah, exactly. So let's dive into a few examples of what boundaries could look like. So I already semi-spoiled this one, um, but dogs not being allowed on furniture. So, um, that is, i.e. the bed or the couch or whatever, an ottoman, whatever it might be. Um, but this is a pretty common one, I think. I think that a lot of people either have strict rules on if a dog is or not allowed on furniture. Um, in my home, my dogs run my home. They know it. Mm -hmm. They jump all over my furniture. They jump all over me. Um, it is There's no ifs, ands, or buts. I am very lenient with this. <laughs> Yeah, and I think the the uh, what I we wanted to illustrate with these examples is that they're really not black and white and you get to kind of pick what works for you. So, one household might say no dogs on the bed, but dogs okay on X couch. Um dogs are pretty smart. If you allow them on one particular couch and you don't allow them on any other furniture, they're going to learn I'm allowed on this couch and not the other couches. Um you also might enforce, you know, dogs only allowed on the couch by invitation. Um, so your dog needs to be invited onto the couch. This isn't, this is so confusing. If I were a dog, I'd be so confused. Like <laughs> by invitation only? I, yeah, because, you know, a, the couch is, they, they don't know when they're being invited or not really. Like you're not there. They're going to go on the couch. They're allowed on the couch when you're there. But That's true. I guess when you're not home, that would make it, yeah, that would definitely make it murky. I would say if you let them on by invitation when you are home, they're probably going to interpret that, unless they're crated, they're going to interpret that as they're allowed. Um, another example of a boundary would be, you know, not doing any greetings in public with any unfamiliar dogs. So this is something you'll see a lot of trainers recommend, particularly with puppies, as we're trying to teach them that just because I see a dog doesn't mean I have to say hi to it. And some people take this all the way to one end of the spectrum to say, we just don't do any greetings in public spaces with unfamiliar dogs. Totally fair. Other people might say, I'm only going to engage in a greeting with a new dog when my dog is calm. And when you're dealing with a younger dog, really any dog, it can take a long time for them to become calm, especially with another dog around, which is where sticking with these boundaries can get hard. Yeah. And it's on us just to stick through it and know that, you know, well, in the puppies instance, you know, puppies are only puppies for so long. And by sticking to these sorts of boundaries, we'll teach your puppy how to be polite with other dogs or people or whatever, children, whatever it might be. So um, yeah, that one, that one is hard because everybody wants to say hi to a puppy and then you have to say no. And I remember those days and I'm just like, sorry, like, my my dog doesn't really like children like I'm sorry I don't want my dog to be scarred by your child hitting my dog on the head like you know what I mean I don't it's hard to say no but it is um, but yeah it boundaries is. 
Boundaries can take many shapes and forms, but why we want to set these boundaries for your dogs. So let's talk more about that. There's so many reasons. Mm -hmm. So obviously we've already talked about this. So consistency is clear and it eliminates any confusion for your dog. So this automatically is really nice for your relationship with your dog, for them to know exactly what is okay and what is not okay, and they're not confused about it. Yeah, and it tells, like we just chatted about, it tells your dog where they can and can't go. So those physical boundaries, can I go into this room? Can I go onto this couch? Can I go into, you know... um, my neighbor's yard, whatever it might be. I, it could be a billion different things, but yeah, those physical boundaries are, can also save your dog too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it also opens up opportunities for more freedom and more fun. And this could look like more off leash time. You know, if your dog is really aware of physical boundaries Mm -hmm. and you're in a space that is suitable for off leash, this is going to support your work related to recall. Um, It's going to allow you to access public spaces and special events like the events we throw. It's going to help your dog have calmer and easier walks and ultimately help you build a positive relationship. Um, So it just opens up this world of opportunity for things that you could do for with your dog, I guess. So yeah, it creates a calmer and easier walk, which is like, I find a lot of people get stressed out on walks with their dogs. Um, I see it all the time with dogs pulling and people getting frustrated. Um, But it also helps build a positive relationship with your dog. If you have clear communication with your dog, your relationship in turn is going to be better. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And it also can create a structure around what your dog should be doing and for how long. Think to the times when your dog was left unsupervised or even you're just working at home or you're busy doing something. What is your dog doing? Are they getting into stuff? I've been, I don't know why I do this. I've been leaving granola bars wrappers around places. I just like eat a granola bar and then I like leave the wrapper on the coffee table. And I swear, anytime I leave Marshall, unsupervised and he starts getting bored he just finds the granola bar wrappers and then walks around with them and is chewing it's so obnoxious willa Willa does something very similar where if i'm not giving her the attention she thinks she deserves she will find something whether it's a sock or it's it's something that she knows will get my attention and so yeah i think it's cute so of course i let her do it um but yeah who knows like with it could lead to something more uh destructive in the future but Yeah. Um, We're going to talk about some strategies that you can take to mitigate these types of behaviors in the next section of the episode. Um, But really, I mean, ultimately setting boundaries can help curb and prevent a lot of behavior issues. Um, So something we're going to talk about in a little bit is boundaries around food. And that can be huge, particularly for dogs who are really excitable around food. Um, So we're going to get into a bit more as to why and how boundaries can help. All right. So now we know what boundaries are and why we might use them. Let's take a quick break and we will come back to discuss some strategies for implementing boundaries with your pup.
Welcome back to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justina McKenzie on Midtown Radio KW. And today we're talking about boundaries. Fun. So in the first half of today's episode, we talked about the importance of boundaries and dug into what they are. So now let's talk about implementation. How can I add more boundaries into my relationship with my dog? Yeah. So I think before we dive into like some of like the the strategies or what boundaries could look like in your home, I think the most important thing is really to set up boundaries that make sense for you, make sense for your dog, and make sense for your lifestyle. Um, so what we're offering today is really a menu of options, and you can kind of choose your own adventure based on what might work for you and your dog. So take what you want and leave the rest. Mm, menu. I'm hungry. <laughs> nice. I have potatoes in the oven and they smell really good. Ooh. Okay, so let's – I've kind of broken these down into four different categories. Um, so the first thing we're going to talk about is food. So setting boundaries around food because obviously this is a really important one. Um, so I guess why let's, – let's do like a mini little why as to why we might want to set boundaries around food in particular. Well, um, a good one is my dog gets very excited or can be food aggressive. So so excitement can lead to aggression. Um, So that's a big one. Um, I've experienced with that myself with my Willa. She gets really, really excited around food and sometimes will possess uh, over special treats and things like that causing a shitstorm in the home. So um, some things we can do around food to help uh, stay away from that potential shitstorm is something like only allowing your dog to eat in a crate. Um, This is also really good if you are crate training a dog. Having a high value um, thing like food be in the crate. Um, But anyway, yeah. Only allowing food in the crate. This is great for multi-dog homes as well, ensuring that your dog will eat what is in front of them. Um, and uh, yeah, the next one is a good one to wait until cal- your dog is calm. I feel like a lot of people... this Create excitement around food? Yeah. Oh, you ready for dinner? Yeah, we all do it. We're all guilty of it. Yeah. Because they're so cute. Their ears go up and they do a little head tilt. Yeah. Oh, it's so precious, but... It's not ideal to create excitement around food. So, you know, we practiced this a lot when Marshall was a puppy, but he would sit there for like 35 minutes, drool dripping out of his mouth until he was even like a little bit calm. He was definitely never fully calm. (laughs) But at least practicing some amount of patience around food can be a really impactful boundary. Yeah, for sure. Um, Treats as well. So only treating your dog for a uh, positive behavior. So this one um, is like, oh, my dog is sitting cute on the their bed. And, you know, of course you can treat your dog every now and again with that. But also having your dog do something to de- not deserve that treat. That sounds horrible. But Ooh, like make them work for it a little bit. Yeah, and it creates a positive assumption with food. Hey, I did something. I work for this food. I get something good out of it. So that just builds on your relationship with your dog as well. I will say um, because Marshall is so excited around food and is just a very excitable dog, there are lots of times when if he's just like super chill and laying on his bed and being so good, I'll just go up and give him a random treat. 
Mm-hmm. Good boy, yeah, good boy. Because because he's exhibiting a behavior that I want him to exhibit. It feels exactly. a little weird to be like, well, I'm rewarding you for just like laying on your bed, but that's what I want him to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So by giving him a treat, I'm telling him that's good. What you are doing is what I want you to do. Um, another boundary around food can be, and we kind of talked about this with crating, but can be around you know, creating space between dogs when eating. So maybe you have one dog eating in one room and one dog eating in another, or they're eating in their crates. Um, that can be another really easy boundary to set around food. Yeah. Coming from a multi-dog home, um, this one is, uh, I find really, really important because it does say, Hey, you eat this, you eat this, don't touch your sisters, you know, creating that space just, well, not only to make sure that both dogs eat their entire dinner and Willa doesn't eat both of the dinners, but um, yeah, just to, that's a boundary that I set though from, since I had both dogs. Yeah. So um, that, then, <laughs> you love this one. One more about food. What is it, Ken's? Yeah. No table scraps. I find this one is just so easy to fall into because you have, well, Coming from a, a meat home, um, you have this beautiful, you know, piece of chicken and, you know, you you want to be like, oh, you're being cute and you're like kind of begging, but in a cute way. So here's this piece of chicken. Um, what you could yeah. do instead is set the food aside and then when you're done eating, you put it in your dog's bowl. Yeah, this really does help with begging as well because they say, hey, by begging or sitting really close to your face while you're eating, um, I will get something for it. So (laughs) again, another boundary that is uh, we could talk a lot more about, but um, that one is, uh, yeah, I smile because it's just so hard to not do that sometimes. <laughs> All right. Um, let's move along to outside. So some examples of what boundaries when you're outdoors might look like. Um, so this might be something as simple as having your dog walk in a heel, teaching your dog that when they're on a walk, they walk beside you or behind mm-hmm. you, but they don't walk in front of you. That's a boundary. Um, physical boundaries when practicing off leash. I feel like that could be a whole other episode. Oh. So I'm not going to dive into that, but, um, right? Setting up those boundaries so your dog knows how far they can go away from you, what is acceptable. Um, Recall. Right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So we won't dive into that, but that you can definitely place boundaries around off-leash work. Um, And then the last one, this one's a great tool is thresholds. So doorways. Um, So having your dog in a sit anytime before you go through a door, you walk through and then they come through behind you. this can be really helpful, especially if you have a dog who maybe wants to just blast through every open door ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so creating some like respect around thresholds and doors can be super helpful for boundaries. Yep. And in moving to the next around the house. So uh, we've talked about this quite a bit already, but furniture. So what can your dog and everybody in the home, every human in the home should be aware of this. So like, let's say, you know, person A allows dog on couch and person B does not, that doesn't fly. Um, so having a clear communication within the household on what the boundaries are for furniture. Um, place command slash having a dog have their own spot. Justine, Marshall's got this down. Yeah, and this one's key. Like those those times when Marshall's like running around eating granola bar wrappers. I'm like, okay, dude, enough is enough. I put him on place or on his bed. He falls right asleep. It's like I gave him a purpose. I've given him something to do. 
He now knows what he has to do. So now he doesn't need to fumble around the condo and find random crap to put in his mouth, which is exactly what he does with left to his own devices. Yeah, a lot of dogs do that. I, I think Marshall's not alone there. Um, sit on the dog. Justine, you know this one too. Yeah, this is a good patience exercise um, that we learned from Lily, leader of the pack, but it literally is just putting your dog into a sit. That's it. And you make them sit there. And it's practicing patience. Um, if you're doing it in a more stimulating environment, it can be really tiring for them. It's a really good mental exercise, but it is as simple as making your dog just sit. Mm -hmm. very simple um last one around the house um where is your dog when you're eating obviously this goes around food but this can tie into something with the place command um so when you're eating dogs on place i'm really bad for implementing this one but um that's definitely a a good boundary to set up okay last category and this is a really important one, um, greetings. Yeah, this one is really important um, for a lot of different reasons, but um, I find it's important for not only your own dog, but for other people's dogs and just respect overall. Um, but something like, when can your dog say hi to other dogs? So um, is your dog like lunging at every single dog they see down the street wanting to say hi? Like you know, for, for some dogs, sure, that's, that's okay. But maybe, um, for other dogs, that's not okay. So just being aware of that, um, same goes for people. There are, after our dog free episode, um, there are people surprisingly out there who are afraid of dogs and just don't like dogs or just don't exactly. So, um, you know, what is okay for your dog to do, um, to greet other people. A lot of dogs tend to jump after getting excited. Oh, Hey puppy, how are you? Oh, jump up on you. Okay. Maybe, maybe some dogs just, or people rather just do not like that. And then, um, lastly, four on the floor. I love this one. Um, I, I think we say this all the time just because of that jumping up piece. Yeah. Um, you know, having small dogs, like, yeah, your dog, my dog's head doesn't even reach a lot of people's like pelvises, but still like some people just don't like dogs or just don't want a dog jumping up on them. Maybe they're wearing a thousand dollar pants. I don't know. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, um, anyway, yeah, four on the floor is a really good boundary to teach at a young age. Um, but there you have it. We've learned a lot about boundaries and now we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with desktop dog trivia All right, now it's time for Desktop Dog Trivia. So in this segment, if you aren't familiar, we quiz each other on dog knowledge from our Dollarama Desktop Dog Trivia calendar things. Sponsor us, Dollarama, sponsor us, we're waiting. I'm gonna send them an email. Just a cold email to Dollarama. Anyways, okay. okay. Um, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I am ready to go first. Okay. okay. Here you go. So um, 
What breed of dogs did George Lucas model the Ewoks after? Oh, for Frank's sakes. I don't even know what an Ewok looks like. Um, can you I describe you didn't... I don't know anything about Star Wars. I've never seen Star Wars. What does an Ewok look like? Guys, Justine has never seen Star Wars. It's a problem. Um, I'm Googling Ewok. I will answer this question okay. for you. Oh, I, I do know what an Ewok looks like. I have no idea what, if no one, if you don't know what an Ewok looks like, Google it and then you tell me what kind of dog you think this looks like. Well, is it, okay, I've got multiple choice for you. Ready? Is okay. it A, a Shih Tzu, B, a Pekingese, or C, a Brussels Griffon? C. Yes! I don't even know what that was. It was just the only one you didn't hesitate to say. So I figured that that was the oh, real dude. answer. Oh, no. Oh, I mean, I screwed up. Oh, man. Well, um, yes, the answer is a Brussels Griffon. And Brussels Griffons literally look just like Ewoks. There you go, everybody. Cool. All right. My, I'm going for a theme today. Everything... Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not going to tell my theme. You'll see, you'll hear my theme after. Okay. Newborn puppies have a particular thing that helps them find their mothers. What is this thing? Newborn puppies have a lot of things they can't see or hear. Yeah, so they have a, a mechanism or an ability to help them find their mothers. What is this? Smell. Close. So it does have to do with their nose, but it goes, it's, it's not smell. Tell me. <laughs> Newborn puppies have heat sensors in their noses to help them find their mothers. Oh, heat sensors. Oh, that's so cute. I know, like so a little, cute. Packing like, device. Aww. All right, you go. Hit me with it. We're both doing really bad today. Okay, this one you 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 got. I know. I believe. What is the most common breed of service dog? A Labrador Retriever. Nailed it. Yeah, look at me go. Okay. 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 Follow up question. What is the second most common? Golden Retrievers. Yes! Nice! Let me go. Okay, last one. Um, I'm going for a nose theme today. So humans breathe through their nostrils. How do dogs breathe? Well, through their nostrils and their mouths and their paws. They breathe through their paws. <laughs> I just oh, I have... I'm adding that in as a third one. Okay. Um, yeah, we're, I don't think we're going to get anywhere successful with this one, so I'll just read it. While humans breathe through their nostrils, dogs inhale through nostrils and exhale through slits on the sides of the noses. This lets them constantly bring in new smells. Oh, so they do breathe through their nose, just like humans, just different slits. They have extra nostrils. No, I said nostrils. humans breathe through their nostrils, and dogs breathe through nostrils and through the slits on the outsides of their nose. Oh, wow. The more you know. <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it. A very unsuccessful segment of Desktop Dog Trivia. We hope you learned something. I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> Oh,
you've been listening to the Dog Friendly KW podcast. And before we wrap up for today, we're each going to share one boundary that we are going to try to improve on or implement into our homes with our pups. So Justine, tell me. Mine, I'm terrible for this. I let Marshall on the couch or like just in my general vicinity when I'm eating. He's pretty respectful and like doesn't bug me or anything, but still I feel like it's a bad habit. So I am going to try to put him on his bed or put him on place whenever I am eating. Um, You know, it's funny. Mine is really similar. So um, the girls are usually beside. I'm really bad for eating on my couch. Um, It's a table. (laughs) Whatever. Um, So uh, they are usually right beside me. And um, again, they are usually quite uh polite however um at times they do get a little bit pushy and i tell them no or enough or whatever my word is but then i'm like oh well i'm still gonna give you something so (laughs) i should stop doing that because again that is very confusing they will never learn what is right and what is not right so that is what i'm going to do love it yeah so thank you everyone for tuning in today to the dog friendly kw podcast we hope you learned maybe a thing or two about establishing boundaries with your pups until next time we will talk to you later bye bye